Hi there, you're listening to Forward Talks by Groombook and I'm Tatiana Antonelli. A quick thanks to our partners at Our Space, the first co-working community designed to connect humans with nature. Find out more at ourspace.org. So last week we published our 10th episode of Forward Talks and it's already been an exciting and fulfilling journey. So today we're sharing a special episode that goes a little behind the scenes with what we're hoping to achieve with the show and how we got started with podcasting. You may not know this, but we're produced by Amelia, who also produces another show called CSR of One, and they recently wrapped up their first season. So to celebrate both our milestones, we sat down with Courtney Brandt, the host of CSR of One, about how we got started. So I'm Courtney. Uh, I am the host of CSR of One, a recently launched podcast, which is kind of going into CSR, corporate social responsibility on an individual level. And the first season has been talking to people in the community about what they've been doing to help their community. How did you come to choose podcasting as the platform that you wanted to, to have those interviews? We realized that the most important thing was definitely to work on awareness and education. And for that, we started different initiatives. The first one uh, was a tree planting. And then we decided to venture into specific topics such as food waste, um, plastic pollution. The other options would be video. Um, I did radio for some time on Dubai Eye. We had a show with Siobhan Layden. It was the green team. Podcasts give you more freedom. You don't have to look good. <laughs> you can do them anywhere. Um, people are very confident to talk, and maybe if there's something that's wrong, they can start again. So the flexibility of podcasts um, really attracted us, and um, we were very lucky because we met uh, Shira Adamaya, and so it really made a difference to us. We thought it was uh, a great tool, and now we have actually people who contact us saying, we also have a lot to say. That is what I'm looking for. And it is kind of interesting to start something from nothing. I mean, not like podcasts weren't invented before, but to take a topic and then you kind of, there's no parameters. You know, you can make it as long as you want. You can interview whoever you want. I was really trying to be as diverse as possible. And I think that there were some challenges in that. It was kind of something that I really wanted to have men and women. And we had a young guest who was 11. Uh, but I'm really always trying to be aware of that to make sure that all the stories get told. What kind of approach do you have towards diversity uh, for your show? Same thing. We try to always have men, women. We want to have the the smallest business and the startup up to government. We still haven't had any student we're looking forward to have some of our ambassadors from the Drop It Youth campaign. I've personally been blown away by the enthusiasm, the, the, the passion they put in uh, raising awareness about plastic pollution, um, the determination, the, the will to go out there and actually talk to people in the streets, in events, uh, going into other schools. They are really brave so definitely, I'll, I'll, I'll also try to have them on board. But at the moment, somehow the schedule was so busy that we had to choose specific topics. We had to make it quite appealing for people to say, okay, then this is something I might be interested, but also that can shine some spotlights on, on different topics. Um, right now, in the sustainability field, you have a lot of questions. If you follow also on social media and the news, people have a lot of things that are not clear. Mm -hmm. So we chose topics to try to give the right information so there's no misunderstanding. 
I, I don't like when I hear, you know, those urban legends about plastic recycling or um, solar power that doesn't exist, you can't use it. So it's really important to give that information uh, based on individuals or on uh, companies, but that's the main thing. As somebody who has a decade's worth of, you know, kind of knowledge on these topics, did you, was there anything you learned from one of your shows that you didn't know? Because my guests are just like constantly surprising me and the things that they've done. And- oh, yeah, no, Definitely. Uh, especially because things change so fast in the UAE that maybe something we knew was true two, three years ago, regulation has changed, policies have changed. And so these people or these companies will actually say, hey, we have news. Now you can do this or you can apply this technology. Another nice aspect was to find out more about the personal life of people have been working side by side for 10 years, but, you know, always talking about the same campaign, the same topic, but never going into what motivated them to actually work in this industry or in this field and to find out that they were actually engaged already in school and that they were part of youth organizations. And that really made me think, ooh, this is what we should push right now to to the younger generation, these associations, these organizations are able to uh, inspire and create future leaders. So definitely I was blown away by by that, by the personal life and and stories. Yeah, I always get such a rush because I think the reason why CSR of One was started is that I felt social media was a very toxic place. And I was trying to figure out something that I could do that would change that. And I was trying to focus on people that were using their platforms, no matter what their platforms are, to help and promote for others. So I always make a saying of like, it's okay to take a selfie. Look, if you're feeling yourself, great. It's fantastic. However, once a month, just try and post for someone else. And there are people in the community that I admire that are doing exactly that. And it doesn't have to be all the time. It can just be something now and then. And I'd walk away from all of our guests, every single one of them, and just be so charged that someone I knew, someone in my network, was doing something with their life that was so positive. There's been a significant loss within a family uh, to be diagnosed on the autism spectrum. You know, all these people have have had something happen and then they've done something about it. And I think that that's really positive. And so that's hopefully what my listeners are taking away is that, you know, start with something, you can go something big like an NGO or you can do something in your community. Like there was a huge, the Ramadan Fridges campaign, which Kelly did. uh, And I followed her like religiously on social media this Ramadan season. And just to see her and her community come together day after day after day and feed over a thousand people or more a day. Like, yes, this is what I want to see on my social media is I want to see people doing positive things. Yeah, to give some good news. The idea is to continue to interview people who are making a difference. Definitely what you said is very important to keep the diversity. I would like to interview more Emirati at the moment. I would too. I will make make my own plea for that because I know there, you know, there's such a, a focus for, for many in this country to not only make their country better, but then also the world. And as you've said, the government, and there's a lot of great initiatives. We want to hear about them. <laughs> we want to hear about them from them. Yes, agreed. Uh, it's true that the biggest amount of population here is expats. So at the end, the majority of interviews will be of, of expert people. But uh, I think the leadership, the, the mentality is changing and they are so fast. 
I mean, I am Italian and things haven't changed for centuries. <laughs> and when I come here and I see how things can evolve, how decisions are made in, in a very short time. And then everyone adapts. The awareness and the education really works. For example, when you hear, and it was in the news last week, they're phasing out single-use plastic in Dubai airport within... And you're right, who can do that? Who has the power to come in and say, this is what we're doing, and you'll figure it out. <laughs> exactly. This morning, I was listening to Dubai Eye radio, and yesterday in the news, um, they announced that we eat on a weekly basis microparticles, but the same amount of a credit card. So basically every week we eat a credit card of plastic. And so they were asking uh, the listeners, what do you think? What, what, what should be done? Should there be more stick or more carrot? I mean, I wanted to take a microphone on a, a high speed and say, please stick, stick, because there's been too long this carrot thing you should this is better but there's a point where the stick or the implementation of regulations and policies make the true difference and have a real impact the fact that an airport that has 90 million passengers decides to stop single-use plastics that's where you see the real impact and there's no carrot that can actually do the same and if Dubai Airport has started this, then I'm very happy because it means this is going to be the beginning of a long series of companies, corporations, government entities that are going to start changing things around single-use plastic. Yeah, and follow that lead. And, you know, everyone had to make a decision that they wanted to be on board with this. And I think there's some real, we're very fortunate in the Emirates to have a lot of leaders who are in the right positions to make that change. I've, you must know Emma Banks. She used to be with Jumeirah Restaurant Group. And she, she is the one who came through and said, I know, and you would tell me that plastic straws, it's, you know, the impact overall, but it's a place to start and, and to have now. It is very rare to go into a restaurant, and that's what I do, and not have uh, paper straws or no straws um it actually becomes the exception and not the rule like everyone else is doing this thing which is better because we're such a i won't say a small city but we kind of are because we all kind of all know somebody who knows somebody and um, that you can see these things where individuals can come in and say this is important to me i'm going to make that change and then they do make that change it's true it's true and you have uh a few people that have decided to lead the way within their companies, within banks or within hotel groups. And the change, again, was really, really big. So in one of our latest episodes, we've interviewed uh, Luca, who's the manager of Piaschi. Oh, I love Luca. I knew him from another restaurant. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. He's really yeah. good. And um, we wanted to know uh, more about his work at Piaschi, how he's making the restaurant more sustainable. And he immediately uh, mentioned Emma Bank, mm -hmm. saying, you know, when you have a leader within your company, you know she will support and support. It made a huge difference. And apparently the whole team there I was really motivated. I went to a new restaurant last night and the gentleman, the GM, he's working really hard to say, okay, right, so if you're at the bar and you have these limes that you use, instead of throwing them out, let's figure out how those can be used for a later part of the, the kitchen process or whatever. And actually, I think uh, this is from another interview we had recently where we're talking about the future of sustainability practitioners, CSR practitioners. Um, maybe we won't need them anymore because somehow this will be embedded in the way you work, in the way you lead, 
And uh, exactly like this manager sees the opportunity to save those lime slices, um, then definitely everything will make us think about the better way to use it, to reuse it, and not to waste. We did like a traditional CSR episode, so we went to uh, Action Communications, and you and Megson is in charge of them, and they do pro bono. They're working with the Alnor Training Center, and the individuals that are assigned to that account, which is done for free, I mean, obviously, they're putting their professional skills to it. And that's a big impact on them, not only professionally, but then personally, because they're seeing like, oh, if I do this work and I help this organization, look at how many more people, you know, how many more children get tuition or how many more kids get helped or skills or whatever it is. I'd like to have that kind of bigger conversation to say, well, I don't think CSR should be mandatory. I do think that when it's done the right way, it can have such an impact on an organization. And right now that seems more difficult to find. You know, I've worked here for 13 years and I can't say that at any of the jobs I had over the past 13 years that anybody was doing meaningful. I did a mentorship program at NYU Abu Dhabi, but there wasn't anything like on a campus-wide scale that I felt a connection to. Um, And so I don't know if maybe that's, as you said, for the future that we don't have to talk about sustainability because you just grow up, as you said, the education piece, that if I'm a kid and I'm five years old, that I know from the very beginning, this is what I do with my food waste. This is what I do with my plastics. Why are we not going to find food that, you know, you can put in not a plastic bag or whatever, um, that, that people will hopefully get to that point. I just don't think we're there quite yet. We're not there because there's no regulation about CSR. Each company decides to uh, take it their own way. So sometimes CSR is under the marketing department and sometimes CSR is under the HR department. So if it's under HR, it would be more about volunteering. If it's under marketing, it would be great initiatives that will end up on a newspaper. Uh Also, personally, I don't see CSR anymore as something that has a future. Mm-hmm. It's CSR for me is 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I, I, I would like to see companies really applying sustainability and embedded in their business strategy, not only as something external, but something that they breathe and they eat and they share. Mm-hmm. It's part of the culture. Yeah, I mean, with, from the supply chain to the way they treat people who work from them to to the way they're going to sell their products or services, they should definitely embed sustainability. CSR is a small portion, very hard to measure, very hard to bring long-term. So sustainability, if hopefully also led under the sustainable development goals, could definitely bring companies further down the route of real, true sustainability, which hopefully in 20 years won't be sustainability anymore. It will be just being a good and responsible business. The same way we were talking before about personal social responsibility. What are we doing as individuals every single day? We can't continue to say, the government doesn't give me this, my company doesn't give me this, uh, the shop doesn't give me this. Well, you need to act, and it's valid for individuals and for companies and for governments. One of the most impactful things I've heard this season was, so when you go to the store, they're giving you a bag. It's not, that's not it. You're taking the bag. It's like when I go to the store, there's always something in my car that I never really, whenever possible, I never take a plastic bag because 
the choice is not the stores. As you said, the impact is on me, the individual. I don't need that bag. I don't need to take it. But if I accept it, now I'm part of the problem. So as you said, like, it comes from the individual and it has to. And education is a big part of that. So when you're going to the store, wherever you're going, do we have the bag? Oh my gosh, that's like an easy question. Do we have the jute bag or whatever it is? And then the education at the store to not put one individual item into one individual bag. You know, that has to happen as well. Uh, but it's it's... It's a partnership, yeah, like you you really have to take it on. So in CSR of one, knowing that we all are kind of our own brand in a way, and and the people that are in your network, I, I don't think you know how far sometimes something can go. And I think, what's the marketing kind of stat- statistic that you have to hear something 11 times, see or hear something 11 times for it actually to trigger in your mind? No, it's true. And actually, imagine the frustration when after... <laughs> So many years of asking people not to use plastic, people come to you and say, you know what I found out yesterday from someone else? That plastic is not good. I'm like, come on, I've been telling you that for five years. But also I think one of the biggest challenges in the UAE is that the population is transient. So you might work hard into the awareness and the education and you think you've done it, it's all over, you've distributed leaflets, it's online, you've done speeches and speeches, but yeah, sorry, you know, two, three million people have left and you have two, three no, new more million people. So it's like, okay, let's start all over again. And this is also why I think podcasts are really good because they're there and you can listen to them all the time. You don't, it's not like an article on a newspaper, people read it and then it's gone forever. Nobody will go and look for it again. But the communication and here, all the information is always immediate. It's, as you said, social media and sometimes 90% of the information on social media is wrong, is misleading. So I got really tired of having to be the nasty Tatiana online that says, uh-uh, no, by the way, you know, it's actually like this. Yep. People don't like that. It's a, it's a good point. I think if there was a platform where, where especially organizations could say, we want to start this up, we want to integrate this into our, our workforce, then how do we get started? Who's licensed? How do we do this in a way where you know, it has the most impact on the community, on the organization itself. And then, you know, whether it's once a month, once a year, twice a year, whatever works for them, one hour, you know, however they decide to to get that out there, um, that it needs to be a part of the overall culture as opposed to just like, oh, yeah, we got to do some volunteering. No, come together and make a decision about why you want to do that, why it's important to all of you, get buy-in from everybody, and then go through the correct channels to make that happen. You said to perfect right word which is culture and this is where we all need to work on as as companies or if we and it starts from the the leadership the top management if they see it if they understand it then it's done the company will change so another thing would be to do more training um the good thing and this is something i found out recently the government actually now has different entities that are trying to push sustainable development goals. Uh, you have a lot of help, uh, free help, you know, um, and they provide training and they provide uh, conferences and events for people to understand how to make these changes. But again, the information is not out there. What sort of impact have you seen in the community? What sort of response? What sort of... Have people done actionable things from listening to your podcast? Somehow on social media, um, on LinkedIn, people are very 
um, active. They like to listen to the podcast, but they don't leave feedback or comments. But the good thing, and that's where I was very happy, is that the people we interviewed came back to us saying, oh, you you can't imagine how many calls I got, how much interest. Um, and they actually, a couple of them signed and were used hey, hey. with big companies because they were able to communicate on their solutions. Mm -hmm. So that for me was the, the happiest moment where I thought, oh, even if it's just one, that's already amazing. It's so much, I don't know, food diverted from landfill or, you know, solar energy instead of fossil fuels. So... That for me is, is great. I can't measure it, but I know it's happening. And so that already in, in less than 10 episodes makes me really happy. It's like you said, it's really difficult to measure it exactly. But just to share some of the stories um, that people have told me or have been on the podcast and to bring awareness to some of them um, and then to kind of use that platform to get the next guest um, for season two. So we're kind of already looking into that um, and all the diversity and stories that we haven't told yet. I've got my food thing I, and I'm an author, but I'm actually way more proud to lead right now with the CSR stuff because it's, I want people to be thinking about this. And um, so I'd say there's obviously an individual impact for me, but then to share the stories outside that people you know, didn't know before. And now I can say, well, did you know about this? Did you know that this exists? And, and here's a way you can help them. You can find out more about the show by searching for CSR of One in your favorite podcast player or visiting their website, ameya.fm slash CSR of One. They've just wrapped up their first season and will be back in the summer. It's an inspiring show that really highlights how much change we can make as individuals. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and got to learn a little bit more about us at Chromebook and some of the behind the scenes with Forward Talks and what we've coming up. As we head into the summer, we'll be publishing every other week, not every week, and return to a weekly schedule in September. So now's a good time to catch up on our previous episodes in your favorite player or on our website, Chromebook.com. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you with a new guest on July 9th. Uh, I were trying to be more active on Instagram. So at CSR of one W-O-N-E. <laughs> I was thinking, wow, she's so good. She doesn't read anything. And, I'm like, ah. and there we go.